Hi, it's Monday, July 25th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. Normally, when I do a podcast, I start off with something or several things that are in the news. I cover them in a way in which I think it's important. But then I always end the podcast. I always wind up at what I like to believe is the higher ground, the lesson, the good takeaway for all of us. And my goal is to help you see that, but also to give you hope and inspiration in your own life. Today, the podcast is, in a sense, I don't know if it's happening in reverse, but what I do want to talk about first and foremost is that hope and inspiration and motivation to believe that you are empowered in your own life. The reason is I have spoken to several people in the last few days, all of whom, each in their own way and each very differently, are feeling overwhelmed and almost at a break point in their lives with what's going on in the world, but also the way in which they're experiencing it in their own life. And that ranged everything from physical challenges to financial challenges to spiritual challenges. And I don't think it much matters what it is that makes someone feel oppressed and overwhelmed and at times hopeless. I suspect that in each of our lives that shows up differently and it shows up differently at different times. I think the particular challenge we face right now is that it seems to be coming at all of us from every direction. And there are very few directions, if any, in some people's lives in which they can turn and feel that they have a sense of relief or release or even diminished stress. This is admittedly for everyone a very difficult time. And it isn't just the politics. I have always believed, and I say it now, that what's going on in the political realm is just a symptom. It's a symptom of a much more complex, much broader, much more fundamental problem or challenge that each one of us is facing in our own lives. The political divide is just a very surface level obvious to point at example of the divide that exists within too many of us. For people who are deeply religious or who used to be, but have moved away from their church or their synagogue or or even their mosque, I can't necessarily speak for Muslims because I don't know any. And so I don't quite know what the situation is in the Muslim world as it pertains to religious observance. But in the West, particularly in Christianity and in Judaism, for religious people who have moved away from their observance, that disconnect is as between them and God. For non-religious people, for people who are more metaphysical, the disconnect comes between yourself and a belief in a higher power, whether that higher power is cosmic or universal, or spiritual, whatever words you want to put around it. It's about an energy field and a force greater than ourselves. And there's a lot of disconnect there too. Because in that path, unlike the path of religiosity, in religion, the disconnect came in many ways because people lost faith in the leaders of their religious communities. 
In the metaphysical world, in the spiritual world, it's happened because too many people turn spirituality into a money-making proposition where secrets are kept and you can only get at them if you pay for them. And the price for many has been prohibitive. Everything from, quote, the actual secret, the secret, the book and the movie and the movement that was out there, to Scientology, to the commercialization of Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism. There are people who have turned it into a business. You know, when I practiced family law, divorce law, I used to say that for me, it was a calling. It was never a business because people going through such a traumatic time in their lives, which is what divorce is, if you take away the anger, under all of that is betrayal in most cases. And the betrayal isn't necessarily because someone had an affair. The betrayal is between the two people who made an oath to one another, and then that oath becomes in some way broken or disappointing to the point of breaking, and there is a feeling of betrayal, betrayal of the original intent to enter into the relationship. When that happens, whether it's through a divorce or it's through the diminution of what we think of our religious leaders or our political leaders, or when it's frustration in our own lives and we disconnect from God if we're religious, it doesn't much matter how it happens. There's a disconnect. And that disconnect literally cuts off a flow of energy that is very nourishing and is very necessary for we humans. I think that one of the greatest deficiencies that we're suffering now is a lack of joy. It's very hard to have joy when there are so many stressors. It's very hard to have joy when every day the news is pounding you with all of the things that are going wrong in the world. It's very hard to have joy when you're so concerned about surviving financially. All of these conditions make it very difficult to have joy, but without joy in our lives, in many ways we're starving to death because joy is as necessary as is air. It's necessary for the soul. It's necessary for our higher selves. It's actually necessary for creation, meaning creating new and better things in your life. You can't create from a place of fear or sadness or depression or hopelessness. Those are all frequencies on which nothing can be created. You really have to be in a positive state of joy. You really have to be able to feel both in your heart and think in your mind that there's reason to celebrate just being alive just being given the opportunity to create again, anew, because every single minute that we breathe is in fact that. It's an opportunity to again create anew. You know, when my daughter was growing up and she was making a choice about something and she wasn't sure which way to choose, I always said to her, choose. And if it's not where you want to go, you'll choose again. Because there's always a new opportunity to create something other than what we've been experiencing thus far. And personally, because I am a spiritual person and because I live as much in my right brain as I live in my left brain, I live as much in my creative intuitive self as I live in my logical rational self, I know that we have never before had a greater imperative to live in the moment without regret for the past or anxiety and fear for the future. 
It has never been more important to do that because it is in fact regret of the past and anxiety and fear of the future, which is where the stress comes from. It rarely comes from what's happening in the actual moment. I often talk about prisoners of war who have discussed how they survived what seemed like otherwise insurmountable and horrific conditions. And oftentimes they will say that they said to themselves, I can stand it for this second. I can stand it for this second. I can stand it for this second. That almost anything we experience, if we stay in the present, not only can we tolerate what it is we're experiencing, but it's only in the present that you can connect with source because the past is gone and the future doesn't exist yet in this three-dimensional reality we live in where there is time. The past is gone and the future isn't here yet. So if you want to create and you want to co-create with the creator of all that is, you have to be in the present moment. That's the only place that connection is possible. The reason that I felt compelled to start this episode this way is because there was another suicide in the last couple days by one of the January 6th defendants. He's not the first person connected to January 6th who has killed himself. This young man was charged with no violent crimes, yet he was incarcerated, and even though a sentence had already been determined, the prosecutors involved in the January 6th prosecutions were about to level new charges against him, and he couldn't take it anymore, his family said. He couldn't take it anymore. His suicide, as tragic as it is, can be instructive. While we don't know what conditions he was incarcerated under, I've heard some horrific stories about how the January 6th defendants are being treated, violation of their due process rights, not getting the medical or psychological care that they are entitled to. Regardless of that, he found himself in a painful and frustrating and maybe even infuriating situation because he knew perhaps that he hadn't done anything to warrant what he's been through. But he did, for whatever reason, I think succumb to what I often talk about, which is when you put aside hope, when you misplace it, you think nothing can change. And things change for the better all the time. Ask a Nelson Mandela, who was incarcerated and whose future seemed about as bleak as possible, but who went on to be the head of his country. When you hold on to hope, it is in fact a life preserver. It keeps you afloat through the roughest of times. And I would say to you now that joy serves a similar purpose, only I think a much more active purpose. Joy lets you transcend the fear. Two things cannot exist at the same time in the same place. When you bring joy into your life, you remove space that fear can otherwise occupy. And we are being inundated with fear, for the very purpose of keeping us from being joyful and creating something other than what those people who are selling, who are marketing, who are promoting fear, want us to do. They want us to succumb. They want us to misplace or even lose hope. They want us not to have joy in our lives. They want us not to be stress-free. They want us not to believe that we can move beyond where things are in the moment 
and move into a better place. But all of that is incredibly tied to the illusion that they are weaving. It does not have to be the reality that you are living. You can create your own reality by the emotions and the thoughts that you allow yourself to have. In my book, The Questions God Will Ask Prepping for the Final Exam, I talk about those 12 principles I often reference on the show. And those principles are, as I say, energy frequencies. I just give them names because that's how we communicate in our world. We have language, we have words. So one of the principles, the 11th principle, in fact, is joy. The three questions that I pose in that chapter that you're supposed to ask yourself every day or once a week or whenever you're questioning why there isn't more joy in your life Those three questions are, and I'm going to give them to you right now. Number one, do I experience my day as routine and burdensome rather than an endless series of wonders? Number two, have I forgotten to be as a child and allow my imagination to take me to the storehouse of infinite possibility? And number three, have I so distanced myself from source that I have forgotten who I am and of what I am capable. Think about those things. Think about whether your life has become routine and burdensome or not. Whether you still understand that there are wonders all around you if you avail yourself of them, if you open yourself to them. Have you stopped using your imagination? Have you forgotten or maybe you never believed that there is a storehouse of infinite possibility where everything and anything imaginable can be created. And perhaps most importantly, that question about have we distanced ourselves from source? I think the farther away we get from a belief and a trust in a supreme being and a supreme intelligence and a creative principle in an original creative principle, the farther we get from that, the more separated we feel from it, the easier it is to forget who we are and what we're capable of. Because if that original creation, that source, that God, that entity, that force field created everything, then out of it came everything. And everything that came out of it has some aspect of that original creator being in it. So each one of us has a spark Each one of us has the ability to access that storehouse of infinite possibility, but you cannot get there unless you plug in to that original source. The separation that I believe the politicians have thrust upon us and continue to feed, that separation that they want us to feel from one another is the result of us having created our own separation from the original source. As above, so below. And in our disconnect, what we are manifesting in our world, what we are creating, is a world of disconnection in this 3D reality. It's only a projection. It's a projection of where you and I are at any point in time. You know, until recently, I too have, I have a lot of stresses in my life. I have a lot of reasons to be concerned and to be distracted. And even if I want to be sad or depressed, 
But lately, all I really feel is joy. And in feeling that joy, unbelievable things have begun to happen. Undeniable things have begun to happen. And I know they're coming from the fact that the projection I'm creating now is a projection that originates in joy. It originates at that high frequency where co-creation with source, who I believe is pure love and probably pure joy, is possible. And in that connection, I become a co-creator. It's what I want for every single person listening. I want you to feel that you too have the opportunity to bring joy into your life by how you perceive what's going on around you. Maybe the simplest way to do that is to step back for a moment and stop looking through your eyes at what's going on in front of you as if you're connected to it and start to look at it as if you're watching it as a witness. And in a way, don't take it all so darn seriously. Withdraw into yourself on a daily basis. Turn those eyes inward and look at all that's going on within you instead of being consumed by all that's going on outside of you. Because what's going on within you is the constant, sustained existence of that spark that is who you really are because it is an aspect of from who and what and where you really come from, where you originate. I feel for all the people I've spoken to in the last few days who are overwhelmed and near their breakpoints. And my heart goes out to the young man, Matthew Perna, the January 6th defendant. And I feel for everyone now who's struggling and trying so hard to figure out how we get out of this mess that we seem to have created. And the answer is take responsibility for having created the mess through the disconnect from source and then reorient yourself to where you're standing. Back up and witness the confusion and the reality of the chaos in front of you. And remember that you are that spark and within it resides the field of potential for endless possibility. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again on Wednesday. And until then, by all means, think for yourself.